Chapter Thirteen of the Tinted Venus by F. Anstey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter Thirteen: The Last Straw. Thou injustice, if from the height of majesty we can look down upon thy lowness and embrace it, art bound with fervor to look up to me. Messenger, Roman actor haggard and distraught was leander as he went about his business that morning so mechanically that one customer who had requested to have his luxuriant locks trimmed found himself reduced to a state of penal bullet-headedness before he could protest and another sacrificed his whiskers and part of one ear to the hairdresser's uninspired scissors for leander's eyes were constantly turning to the front part of his shop where his apprentice might come in at any moment with the answer to his appeal at last the moment came when the bell fixed at the door sounded sharply and he saw the sleek head and chubby red face he had been so anxiously expecting he was busy with a customer but that could not detain him then and he rushed quickly into the outer shop well william he said breathlessly a nice time you've been over that message i gave you the money for your bus yes sir but it was this way you said a green bus and i took a green bus with bayswater on it and i didn't know nothing was wrong and when it stopped i says to the conductor this ain't kensington gardings and he says no it's archer street and i says never mind that now you got to the shop didn't you yes i got to the shop sir and i see the lady but i says to that conductor you should have told me i says did she give you anything for me interrupted leander impatiently yes sir said the boy then where the deuce is it here said william and brought out an envelope which his master tore open with joy it contained his own letter william he said unsteadily is this all ain't it enough sir said the young scoundrel who had guessed the state of affairs and felt an impish satisfaction at his employer's rejection none of that william do you hear me said leander william i ain't been a bad master to you tell me how did she take it well she didn't seem to want to take it nohow at first said the boy i went up to the desk where she was a-sittin and gave it to her and by and by she opened it with the tips of her fingers as if it would bite and read it through very careful and i could see her nose going up gradual and her colour coming and then she says to me you may go now boy there's no answer and i says to her if you please miss master has said i was not to go away without a answer so she says uncommon short and stiff in that case he shall have it like that she says proud as a queen and she scribbles a line or two on it and throws it to me and goes on casting up figures a line or two where cried leander and caught up the letter again yes there on the last page was matilda's delicate commercial handwriting and the poor man read the cruel words i have nothing to advise i give you up to your goddess very well william he said with a deadly calm that's all you young devil what are you a sniggering at he added with a sudden outburst only something i heard a boy say in the street sir going along sir nothing to do with you sir oh youth youth muttered the poor broken man boys don't grow feelings any more than they grow whiskers and he went back to his saloon where he was instantly hailed with reproaches from the abandoned customer look here sir what do you mean by this i told you i wanted to be shaved and you've soaped the top of my head and left it to go what and he made use of expletives here what are you about 
leander apologized on the ground of business of a pressing nature but the customer was not pacified business sir your business is here i'm your business and i came to be shaved and you soap the top of my head and leave me all alone to dry it's scandalous it's look here sir interrupted leander gloomily i've a good deal of private trouble to put up with just now not having you going on at me so i must ask you not to harass me like this or i don't know what i might do with a razor so andy that'll do said the customer hastily i don't care about being shaved this morning wipe my head and let me go no i'll wipe it myself don't you trouble and he made for the door it's my belief he said pausing on the threshold for an instant that you're a dangerous lunatic sir you ought to be shut up i dare say i shall have a mad doctor down on me after this thought leander but i shan't wait for him no it's all over now the die is fixed cruel tilly you have spoke the mandrake you have thrust me into the stony harms of that heathen goddess always supposing the police don't nip in fust and get the start of her no more customers came that day which was fortunate perhaps for them the afternoon passed and dusk approached but the hairdresser sat on motionless in his darkening saloon without the energy to light a single gas jet at last he roused himself sufficiently to go to the head of the stairs leading to his lavatory and call for william who it appeared was composing an egg wash after one of his employer's formula and came up wondering to find the place in darkness come here william said leander solemnly i just want a few words with you and then you can go i can do the shutting up myself william we can none of us foretell the future and it may so happen that you are looking on my face for the last time if it should so be william remember the words i am now about to speak and lay them to art this world is full of pitfalls and some of us walk circumspect and keep out of em and some of us william some of us don't if there's any places more abounding in pitfalls than what others are it is the noxious localities known under the deceitful appellation of pleasure gardens and you may take that as the voice of one calling to you from the bottom of about as deep a hole as a mortal man ever plumped into and if ever you find a taste for statuary growing on you william keep it down wrestle it down and don't encourage it farewell william be here at the usual time to-morrow though whether you will find me here is more than i can say the boy went away much impressed by so elaborate and formal a parting which seemed to him a sign that in his parlance the governor was going to make a bolt of it leander busied himself in some melancholy preparations for his impending departure dissolution or incarceration he was not very clear which it might be he went down and put his lavatory in order there he had worked with all the fiery zeal of an inventor at the discoveries which were to confer perpetual youth in various sized bottles upon a grateful world he must leave them all with his work scarcely begun another would step in and perfect what he had left incomplete he came up again with a heavy heart and examined his till there was not much enough however for william's wages and any small debts he made a list of those and left it with the coin they must settle it among themselves he thought wearily i can't be bothered with business now he was thinking whether it was worth while to shut the shop or not when a clear voice sounded from above leander where art thou come hither and he started as if he had been shot i'm coming madam he called up obsequiously i'll be with you in one minute now for it he thought as he went up to his sitting-room 
i wish i wasn't all of a twitter i wish i knew what was coming next the room was dark but when he got a light he saw the statue standing in the centre of the room her hood thrown back and the fur-lined mantle hanging loosely about her the face looked stern and terrible under its brilliant tint have you made your choice she demanded choice he said i haven't any choice left me it is true she said triumphantly your friends have deserted you mortals are banded together to seize and disgrace you you have no refuge but with me but time is short come then place yourself within the shelter of these arms and while they enfold you tight in their marble embrace repeat after me the words which complete my power there's no particular hurry he objected i will directly i i only want to know what will happen when i've done it you can't have any objection to a natural curiosity like that you will lose consciousness to recover it in balmy cyprus with aphrodite no longer cold marble but the actual goddess warm and living by your side ah impervious one can you linger still do you not tremble with haste to feel my breath fanning your cheek my soft arm around your neck are not your eyes already dazzled by the gleam of my golden tresses well i can't say they are not at present said leander and you see it's all very well but as i asked you once before how are you going to get me there it's a long way and i'm ten stone if i'm an ounce heavy-witted youth it is not your body that will taste perennial bliss and what's to become of that then he asked anxiously that will be left here clasped to this stone itself as cold and lifeless oh said leander i didn't bargain for that and i don't like it you will know nothing of it you will be with me in dreamy grottoes strewn with fragrant rushes and the new stripped leaves of the vine where the warm air woos to repose with its languorous softness and the water as it wells murmurs its liquid laughter ah no greek would have hesitated thus well i ain't a greek and as a business man you can't be surprised if i want to make sure it's a genuine thing and worth the risk before i commit myself i think i understand that it's the gold ring which is to bind us two together it is she said by that pure and noble metal we are united well said leander that being so i should wish to have it tested else there might be a hitch somewhere or other tested she cried what is that trying it to see if it's real gold or not he said we can easily have it done it is needless she replied haughtily i will not suffer my power to be thus doubted nor that of the pure and precious metal through which i have obtained it leander might have objected to this as an example of that obscure feat begging the question for whether the metal was pure and precious was precisely the point he desired to ascertain and this desire was quite genuine for though he saw no other course before him but that upon which the goddess insisted he did wish to take every reasonable precaution for all i know he reasoned in his mind if there's anything wrong with that ring i may be left high and dry halfway to cyprus or she may get tired of me and turn me out of those grottoes of hers if i must go with her i should like to make things as safe as i could it won't take long he pleaded and if i find the rings real gold i promise i won't hold out any longer there is no time she said to indulge this whim would you mock me leander ha did i not say so listen the private bell was ringing loudly leander rushed to the window but saw no one 
then he heard the clang of the shop-bell as if the person or persons had discovered that an entrance was possible there the guards said the statue will you wait for them leander no he cried never mind what i said about the ring i'll risk that only only don't go away without me tell me what to say and i'll say it and chance the consequences say aphrodite daughter of olympian zeus i yield i fulfil the pledge i am thine well he thought here goes oh matilda you're responsible for this and he advanced towards the white extended arms of the goddess there were hasty steps outside another moment and the door would be burst open aphrodite daughter of he began and recoiled suddenly for he heard his name called from without in a voice familiar and once dear to him leander where are you it's all dark speak to me tell me you've done nothing rash oh leander it's matilda that voice which a short while back he would have given the world to hear once more appalled him now for if she came in the goddess would discover who she was and then he shuddered to think what might happen then matilda's hand was actually upon the door stop where you are he shouted in despair for mercy's sake don't come in ah you are there alive she cried i am not too late and i will come in and in another instant she burst into the room and stood there her tear-stained face convulsed with the horror of finding him in such company end of chapter thirteen read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california shaggybark.blogspot.com